Today's episode of Beyond the Mask is presented by the team at CRNA Financial Planning. Get a free consultation today to be guided through the complexities of investing and financial planning. Just visit crnafinancialplanning.com. Beyond the Mask is also sponsored by crnaeducation.com. CRNAs, you can get the CE credits you need by just going to crnaeducation.com. They have over 100 AANA prior approved credits, all four core CPC modules, and even over 40 pharmacology credits. No subscriptions, it's all online and mobile friendly. Just go to crnaeducation.com. And don't forget, listening to our podcast can earn you Class B credits. For more information on how you can submit them, check out our CE credit tab on our website, beyondthemaskpodcast.com. Welcome to Beyond the Mask, innovation and opportunities for CRNAs and advanced practice nurses with certified financial planner Jeremy Stanley and CRNA Sharon Pierce. Jeremy Stanley has worked with CRNAs for more than 23 years, and Sharon Pierce is a former president of the AANA and the NCANA. Join us as we leave the operating room and learn the latest in the CRNA and advanced practice nurse industries. Beyond the Mask starts in 10, 9, 8, 7. Hey there, this is Sharon. I'm in Seattle, Washington at the annual Congress and unfortunately, Jeremy had another event here he had to attend. However, listeners, I've been joined by one of our new guest co-hosts. Well, she's not so new anymore. No, I'm not. Tracy Castleman. Tracy's been a longtime friend of mine and is one of the group I affectionately call the Fab Four. Tracy, thank you for joining me. I know people have heard about you before. You want to tell just a tad bit about yourself, where you're from, before we jump on in and kick off our topic for today? Thanks, Sharon. I, I am excited for this topic. I but. know you so are. So I am, as you know, um, I practice in New Jersey. Um, I'm a longtime board member there. I run our charitable arm, Anjana Cares, uh, for our state association. And um, I went to Albany Medical College a long time ago and with a great class of um, students. Uh, who are all now practicing around the country, and I am thrilled to be here in Seattle with you. Well, I'm thrilled that you're here in Seattle with me, too. So today we have a great topic. Do you want to introduce the topic, Tracy, or are you going to give me the hairy eyeball, as you call it? I might give you the hairy eyeball. Um, so our topic today is something very near and dear to my heart. Um, we have two um, practicing CRNAs here, Elvira and Abby. Um, who will introduce themselves in a minute, but they are talking about mentoring and um, how to um, uh, put together a very effective uh, mentoring program for CRNAs to do for each other in their workplace and what the value is for that. Did I get that correctly? Yeah. All right. So, Elvira, why don't did I said that correctly, yes. right? Yes, yes, from Russia. Yes. Russia. Hi. So, do you know Yana? She's from Ukraine. Yes, yes. Okay. You know, that's kind of like. You winding up everybody. in Russia and saying, I'm from the United States. Well, Do you know, Susie? Well, but, but you know, everybody knows Yana. I mean, well, you go to Europe, and who's the first person you see? It's somebody from North Carolina. We were just in Greece. Exactly happened. So tell us a little bit about yourself, and then we'll 
Let's talk to Abby and go from there. Uh, hi, everybody. My name is Elvira. I'm uh, a nurse anesthetist at Barnes Jewish Hospital in St. Louis, Missouri. I've been practicing for the last two years. I came to America 12 years ago and uh, was first in New Jersey, then moved to St. Louis and uh, got my bachelor's in nursing from Maryland University. And then I practiced as a, an ICU nurse and then went back to school, graduated from Goldfarb School of Nursing in St. Louis in 2020, so now I've been ever since. I um, practice both pediatric and adult anesthesia. I have to ask, did you know about nurse anesthesia before um, you became a nurse, or when did you know you wanted to make the transition from nursing to nurse anesthesia? Actually, before I went to, into nursing, okay. I was in pre-nursing taking the prerequisite classes, and then I knew somebody whose son was a nurse anesthetist, so they kind of just talked about their son all the time, and I was like, well, what, what does your son do? And they're like, well, they're, you know, he's a nurse anesthetist, and I was like, I'd like to meet him. So I went to shadow him, and I'm like, this is really cool. So that's how I decided to pursue my career in nurse anesthesia. Nice. Okay, Abby, tell us a little bit about you. I come from Kansas. I was born and raised in Ottawa, Kansas. Uh, went to Kansas State University and then ended up going to my CRNA school in Houston, Texas, Baylor College of Medicine. I graduated in 2020, and then my husband and I were looking to relocate closer to home, um, so we ended up in St. Louis. I was excited to get back in an academic center, so we landed on Washington University, um, and the rest is history. We've been practicing for about two and a half years. So how did you two ladies get together? So <laughs> they kind of will let us tell the story of how our mentorship program started. So we start working at the same time in uh, January, February of 2021 mm -hmm. after our graduation. And after working for about a year, we didn't really know each other. We were colleagues. It's a big place. We have over 160 CRNAs in wow. the um, hospital. So I had the idea come up to me that we need to have a mentorship program at our hospital. We have so many new hires starting, it's very stressful, it's a large academic institution. I started, so I trained at Goldfarb School of Nursing and we did all of our clinicals on medical campus. So it was a familiar environment for me for the last three years I was there. The transition from being SRNA to being CRNA is stressful. And if you come from a place where you've never been, you've never trained there, it can be even like 10 times more stressful. So I saw CRNA starting at the same time as me by coming from other other schools and they were overwhelmed. Some of them were leaving, you know, it was just, I wanted to help them. Like I want them to feel welcome. I want them to feel supported. So I reached out to my chief CRNA and I said, we need to have a mentor program. And I brought out some research, brought some papers. He's like, this is a great idea. And I thought he would implement it. Oh, no. <laughs> and they said, oh, this is a great idea. How about you work on this? <laughs> and I have a partner for you. And I'm like, okay, who is this? And he's like, oh, I think you and Abby would be great partners to work on this together. We're like, okay. And so we met and we just kind of like jump-started this program in March of 2021. We kind of slowly start working on all the details, how we envision the program, what we see, what we want, write down our goals and objectives. and. And then we matched our first cohort of mentors and mentees in July of 2020. So you got your first lesson in leadership. <laughs> How to pass on. I will give you a suggestion, too, uh, being you have students, right? Mm -hmm. um, this would be a great 
um, program review for as a project, again, past leadership, give somebody else the work to do, get some of the DMP students, if that's something that they can do, come back and see, did the program meet the objectives, right? Yeah, that's a and, But you let them gather the data for you and do the work. That's, that's smart. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. More work. But not for them, for somebody else. You'll just be the, the advisors. <laughs> All right, so you talked about you had already looked in the literature a little bit. So what did the literature tell you about mentorship? So we knew that there was a problem of burnout for CRNAs even before COVID started. There was upwards of nearly 39% of CRNAs wow. leaving, the, um, leaving where they were at that time. Um, so you can just imagine those numbers are staggering probably now. So. Um, also, some research said that nearly 22% of CRNAs wanted to leave within two years for personal reasons of either retirement or better working conditions. So, obviously, this is pretty substantial. We even found some data that said nearly for every experienced CRNA that's replaced, that's $150,000 mm -hmm. for this institution. Mm -hmm. so True. It's not a small number. So, that just brought us to where we were um, with mentorship. Um, so. With the research that we've been doing because of this class that we're hosting, we found a lot of really interesting information. Um, not only does mentorship benefit the mentee, obviously you have faster training, you have um, better support, you increase motivation for these mentees, but also for the mentors as well. Um, you see increased coaching, leadership skills. It's just pretty infinite, the, the benefits that we've seen, even from starting our mentorship program as well. Mm -hmm. so, increased career advancement opportunities, clinical skills, personal goals, professional development, the list just goes on. So lots of, lots of benefits. There is no doubt um, that a happier workplace, if you have job, you might not love your job on, mm -hmm. on all days, uh, but if you like the people you work with, you feel supported, mm -hmm. you feel like somebody has your back, um, people do tend to stay in that. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, today's... Especially women. Men don't care. You know what? <laughs> they really don't. They really don't. Yes and no, because I'm going to say, in my group now, we have a lot of younger guys with um, kids at home, and when their wives are having babies, we've had little baby showers within the department where we've all done it at work, and um, they really like that. And even mm -hmm. though sometimes the dollar is better someplace else, Mm -hmm. They're so, concerned about leaving because they said, I really like who I work with, and I know that if I need help or I need a day off, mm -hmm. people are willing to switch. Well, and maybe so, it's within the CRNA community because the overall literature does not support right. that. Men don't care. But I think our population is changing. Even though it's men, I think the way they live, you know, they get paternity leave now. They get, mm -hmm. you know, anyway. Brave so I think that's um, a very a huge mm -hmm. value added benefit that you add. You know, they might be making $10 less an hour, mm -hmm. but if they have less stress because they like the people they're working with. Mm -hmm. And to add something else, um, what we found in research, which I found very interesting, you know, substance abuse is a big issue. It's an issue in our profession. So uh, research shows that mentors can recognize early warning signs of emotional stress uh, and substance abuse. And so mm -hmm. you starting as a new grad, you stress, you might have stress at home, you have mm -hmm. stress at work, and like today the, the keynote speaker said, stressors are always going to be there. It's just how you deal with it and whether or not you have a good support system. And if you have a mentor at work who can help you and guide you through the difficult times you're going through, I think it's paramount.
Attention all certified nurse anesthetists. Are you in need of a reliable and quality continuing education option? Well, look no further than crnaeducation.com. We are an NBCRNA recognized provider offering all four core CPC modules to meet your certification requirements. You can choose from more than 100 AANA prior approved Class A CE credits with 43 articles covering a wide range of anesthesia topics. Need pharmacology CE credits? Well, we've got you covered there as well with over 40 pharmacology CE credits available. All credits are completed online and are mobile friendly. Choose articles worth one, two, or three credits. There's no subscriptions, no hidden fees, just the CE credits you need when you need them. Owned by CRNAs since 2011, you can trust in our commitment to your education. And customer service is always a quick email or phone call or even text away. To sign up and find out more about our education options, visit crnaeducation.com, your partner in continuing education. That's crnaeducation.com. So tell us what your mentorship program looked like and what did you ask of your mentors? Because the first thing when somebody asks me something to do something else, okay, what's my time commitment going to be and what's this going to look like for me? So we have started, we started this about a year ago, maybe just a little bit more than a year ago. Um, and so that has evolved a little bit for us lately. However, um, the goals and objectives, we want to make sure that it's very clear to the mentors and mentees because we think that that's where they really thrive is knowing um, their boundaries. Um, and so we we want to match a newly hired CRNA with a mentor who serves as the primary support system, helps them to transition into their new world, foster a welcoming environment, um, develop an inclusive relationship, ensure that they have the proper tools, information, and guidance to succeed, and improve the well-being of CRNAs, not only those joining, but those currently in the park. And so we think that clearly outlining those objectives are just crucial. Um, so we also sent some surveys to the CRNAs that had been with the department for less than three years to see what they wanted. We think that that's also a very important step um, to developing your own program because every place looks a little bit different. Um, and the majority of those survey results said that they thought a six-month relationship would be beneficial. And so, of course, that's always um, dependent on the mentee and what their needs are. But um, the formal relationship is a six-month relationship. Um, we ask them to meet at least once in person every month for six months. And so um, those are pretty much the baseline of the relationship. And to add to that, um, we want, because it's a altruistic, you know, mentors who are doing this, they're doing this altruistically. They're not doing it because they're getting paid. They volunteer their time. We recruit. We send them, you know, a mass email to all the CRNAs in the department. We ask them who's interested. So fill out your bio. They fill out their bio, and then so we clarify to them that we want this to be done within your working hours. Um, we understand that your mentee might reach out to you outside of working hours, text, email, phone call, but primarily like the meet meeting times. We want this to be happening during the working hours and on Wednesday mornings. We start later in the operating room, we have grand rounds, so we encourage them to meet, maybe meet on Wednesday mornings on Head Start days. 
Well, it's an investment in your future. Mm -hmm. If you're training somebody whenever they come in, and you know they get trained right if you do it right, Tracy. (laughs) (laughs) You're right. As far as right, no, as far as like the the climate and the way the Mm -hmm. milieu of the department. What was your? I have a question. What was your response rate when you sent out the question to the mentors uh, or to the staff who wants to be a mentor? Did you have a better response rate than you thought? Not as good? We recruited about, initially last year, we recruited about 20 mentors. Wow. wow. And how many did you need? For the first cohort, we needed seven. Okay, so you had 20 and people. And 20 people said they'd do it. Nice. Yay, yes. CRNAs. Yeah. And to this day, we have matched 19 pairs of mentor and mentees. That's awesome. So you've been doing it for a, a year, mm-hmm. and you said that the initial well, because it evolves, time frame right? was six months. I know, yeah. but what the question I want to get to is, are you seeing that these... Uh, these dyads continue after that, right? I may have mentored you for six months, but the availability mm-hmm. um, is still there, and you see that these people still have this type of mentorship mm-hmm. uh, relationship going on. Yeah, unofficially. Yeah. How do you choose who goes with who? Is it mm. just luck? Well, that's a whole process. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we talked extensively about this, how we want to do this, and based on the research we have read, it shows that uh, we should give the preference for the mentee to make the, the choice. But what we do, we send out bios, CRNA bios, CRNA mentor bios to all the mentees. We make like a PDF file, and then we ask the mentees to choose their top three choices. And then we send the same document with mentee bios to the mentor. Oh, it's a matching. Yes. And then we ask them to make their top three choices. And then Abby, the master of Excel, <laughs> she <laughs> explained Abby how you do this. <laughs> so we just pretty much have two tables back to back with mentor selections on one, mentor selections on the other, and then we see which ones crisscross and which ones are uh, which ones match. Of course. There's multiple that overlap, but seeing the cohorts at all at one time is really nice to be able to match each one. But sometimes, sometimes it's a little tricky, and maybe a mentee doesn't get picked by a mentor or vice versa. And so we really have to make sure that we um, have conversations with those people very strategically. Maybe asking them to mm-hmm. to um, spend their six-month relationship with somebody that they didn't pick, or uh, making sure that the mentors still feel valued if they're not sure. if they're not selected. Like, um, even though these seven people didn't pick you, or we didn't match you, maybe some of them did pick you, but um, we want to make sure that you still feel like a crucial part of this department because you are. And please stay interested in the next cohort, probably in six months. I would think they would still, being that they had already volunteered to be part of this, that there's an elevated awareness, and that even if they're not partnered with a a mentee, Mm -hmm. that they are still, um, will go out of their way to welcome or to be available, right? Because they're aware Mm -hmm. of it and they have an interest. So it's it's a a double bonus. Mm -hmm. And what's interesting, the mentors who, let's say they were matched before, they served as a mentor for six months and six months, and then, you know, their term ends and they don't serve for the, the following six months, they were matched. But they continue to be supportive to the new person. Mm-hmm. When new people come, they still answer their questions. They ask them, they approach them. Do you have any questions? So it's very, it's it's nice to see how it changes the department, how it makes it better, how it makes us stronger as a profession. And what kind of feedback are you getting from the mentors? 
The mentors is a little bit more constructive feedback. The mentees are very happy, which mm -hmm. is awesome. But like Alvira said, we started this a year ago, and so this is constantly evolving. We're continually making um, changes. And so actually some of the feedback we got with one of the first cohorts was that um, we were asked, we were requiring them to meet once a month for six months. And um, they weren't very, one specific mentor wasn't very happy with that. And so um, we made it more of a hybrid. It's a highly suggested meeting of every six months, but we understand we have all these crazy different shifts and sometimes mm -hmm. it's not easy to mm -hmm. meet every six months. So mm -hmm. um, of course you're always a big- Every, every, every six months, month. every month, every month. Okay. But yeah. Uh, the mentors are giving us really good feedback and um, we know it's been successful just because um, out of the 19 that we've matched 18 mentees are still with us so that's been really good feedback okay as well. that was my next question are you going to follow it and say okay our turnover has to decrease that's by what the students are going to do for their TFP <laughs> yeah. project See, look you're so much smarter than I am <laughs> there you go so you're going to find somebody to do that, right? Yes. I mean, well, you've already got some numbers. Yeah. If 18 of them you've got have, some numbers, have yeah. stayed. Beyond the Mask is made possible by the team at CRNA Financial Planning. With almost two decades of experience, the firm guides CRNAs through the complexities of investing and financial planning. Schedule a free consultation today by calling 855-304-3748 or go online to crnafinancialplanning.com. So tell us what, if somebody wants to do this at, at their site, um, what are the steps to doing it? Or have you guys got a template put together and somebody could get in touch with you so that they could start the same program? I mean, why reinvent the wheel if you don't have to, right? That's why we're here today, to share all that we've learned and all the knowledge that we've gotten in the last year or so. Um, we think there are five critical components to, that people should consider as they develop their own program at their institution. Um, we think that they should have a tailored structure. Um, of course, every place is a little bit different, so make sure that the fits the culture and needs of their department. Um, set expectations and for mentors and mentees, including communication requirements, how often they need to meet, things like that. Um, recruit mentors. That's invaluable. If you have a a wide pool of um, people to be selected. That's just invaluable to the mentees, whether or not there's age gaps, generation gaps, um, culture differences, things like that. Um, just a wide range of mentors is um, significant. Train the mentors, do this at regular intervals, and then the mutual selection process that we talked about. Um, definitely needs to be weighted to the mentee, making sure that they feel valued in the institution, things like that. And add something to that um, about the, the having a, a big pool of mentors. I think it's important having a diverse pool of um, mentors because we never know who will be joining our department. We want to make sure we have a representative pool of CRNAs. And we always recruit continuously. We want to make sure we have enough people. And I think that's a, if I, I, I was to give an advice to someone who would develop their program is to have a good pool. And it's 
we are fortunate to have a big department and a, you know a lot of CRNAs and a lot of people who want to volunteer to do this. Uh, somebody who might start their mentorship program at their smaller institution and might not have as a big pool, but I think having more people to choose from for the mentee to look their read through their bias, there's a higher likelihood that the match will be successful. And then as a program, you know, director of the mentorship program, you have the responsibility of reaching out back to the mentors who were chosen and letting them know, thank you for serving, um, you know, volunteering to be a mentor. Don't be discouraged. We want you to continue to be part of this. It's just, you know, we only have seven, you know, X amount of mentees who are starting. Having a big pool too prevents burnout of the mentor, right? It yes. gives them a break. Because uh, it is demanding. Yes, and we try to give them, you know, if they were matched for six months, we try to give them a six-month break. And then we always, we don't just assume that the mentor wants to continue doing this. We reach out again and we say, okay, do you still wish to continue to be in the pool of CRD mentors? And some people have said, well, I want to take a break for the next six months or, you know. So we always try to keep a clear communication and don't just assume that they won't continue doing that. So did you have a clear preparation for these mentors? Like did you have a four-hour class or what did you do to prepare them for this mentorship uh, capacity that they had signed up for? So we looked into it last year and we have in our fortunate, we are fortunate to um, work at the large academic institution and they have a mentorship workshops that different departments can reach out to the Department of Education ask them to provide the mentorship workshop. So we reached out to the Department of Education at OSHU and they uh, we set it up this workshop. Me and Abby kind of col collaborated with the, the other person to tailor this workshop for CRNAs. So it was just one hour, we provided breakfast and we invited all the mentors and we had good outcomes on the training and then we decided to do this annually, so we had another workshop this year. I think it went better than the last year, uh, based on you know just our experience and just working with mentors. And what we did really cool, I think was cool this year, we had a mentor spotlight and a mentee spotlight. So a mentee who came from another institution who didn't train at Goldfarb and didn't do her clinical set uh, Barnes, she was matched with a mentor, and so she came and talked about her experience and how valuable it was for her to have a mentor. And so I think it also gives mentors a lot of you know, confidence. Boots. It gives them pride in what they do, and they enjoy hearing the positive comments, and they know they make a difference. This is not just you know a part of their job, or this is important. You make, they make a difference. And... Um, and at this workshop, so we send we send surveys to both the mentees and mentors after their first month, make sure there's a good connection there, that they feel supported by their um, other by their mentor. Um, so we take all of that survey data, and we've also included in some of our workshops some of what the mentees say. Um, and we've gotten a lot of really positive feedback from the mentees, and just seeing their quotes at these trainings they just are get really excited about the difference they're making so um, i think it's important for us to continue to fill their cup in that way um, to make sure what they're doing is, is seen and appreciated yeah and for from the mentor spotlight um, it was good for other mentors to see as well and mentors have shared their experiences and what 
they wish they have done differently and other mentors get to hear it and it's a better learning opportunity versus us sending an email and say oh you guys should do this this and this with your mentee when they hear it from a fellow mentor CRNA mentor mm -hmm. they're like oh like one mentor suggested instead of meeting with your mentee for the first time during their first week meet a week before they start so before they actually start and they're all stressed out about work meet just get to know them and all that so a lot of mentors took a note of that and we kind of implemented this in our soft requirement of meeting and trying to meet a little bit before there's that. always overachievers in our group <laughs> <laughs> yeah now, so see, are you now um sorry no, no 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 um and I know, so I'm going to go a little in my own direction. Um, have you had any obstacles where the pairing was not ideal or where you're, you become the sounding board for the mentor? Yeah, we definitely had obstacles, and especially in the beginning when we, we weren't sure how this is all going to go. And the feedback, like Abby said, we received a lot of constructive feedback from the mentors. and. We had to adjust our requirements and how we run the program. We can't force people to meet once a month. People's schedules vary. Mm -hmm. And we say we encourage you to meet once a month. We understand you can text and call, but it's not quite the same as meeting in person. Meeting in person, you can actually, in text, you can say, is everything okay? Yeah, I'm fine. But when you actually sit down with the person, you ask them, how are you doing? You know, it's totally different. They might open up more versus over a phone call or a text message. Mm -hmm. So we, I guess the, the one of the obstacles is that we really wanted for them to meet once a month, but we understand that realistically, not everybody's gonna follow through that. And even though we provide, we reached out to our financial department and we got some money for them to be reimbursed for their meeting time for like lunch or mm -hmm. breakfast, things like that. So that was one of the obstacles. Abby, can you think of other? There's been some relationships that maybe the mentee went to the school there and she was already familiar with the environment. So she asked if their mentor asked if they wanted to meet and she had said, no, I'm okay. And just like little things like that. It's, it's impossible for us to manage because um, we're not in the middle of that relationship, but Life happens, you're busy, especially when you're starting a new job, maybe you have mm -hmm. a new house, things like that. So um, we can't walk them along their entire six-month relationship. So we just say, continue trying, try something different. Um, I think mentors, uh, some of the mentors get discouraged by that because they want to help. We have this, you know, in our personalities, nursing personalities, you want to help. Mm -hmm. But if the other person is not receptive, not because nothing to do with the mentors, just because they feel comfortable where they at. They went to school here. They train, you know. They know the environment, and they feel okay. And they might not need as much support as someone who comes from another program who never trained at the hospital. So it could be two different, you know, mm -hmm. needs. This is Jackie Rolls, president of the International Federation of Nurse Anesthetists. I'm inviting you to attend the 15th World Congress for Nurse Anesthetists, May 7th through 9th, 2026, in Brisbane, Australia. I promise you that you will love meeting nurse anesthetists from around the world, attending the multitude of Congress sessions, and exploring the many unique experiences that Brisbane has to offer. Hold a koala bear, feed kangaroos directly from your hand, climb Story Bridge, one of the only three climbing bridges in the world, or travel to snorkel the Great Barrier Reef. This is one Congress you do not want to miss. Cheers!
So you designed a survey to follow up with this, the the outcomes data has been good. Do you have any specific numbers that you want to share? Um, so we completed 14 mentorship relationships from the zero to six month time frame. Um, and so we asked a couple questions on the Likert scale. Um, how happy are you with this? Do you feel supported? Do you feel like you're, you were matched well? Um, and 100% of those surveys said that they were matched extremely well, that they feel extremely supported by their mentor, that they feel extremely comfortable reaching out to their mentor, and would definitely recommend their mentor be matched in the future. Um, so that just speaks really highly to mm. how happy the mentees have been. Um, and we have just as good as six months. That's fantastic. Mm -hmm. That really is great. And we initially we had last year we had surveys to uh, send every month for six months and then we realized that was a little too much <laughs> now you were the overachiever yeah. <laughs> so then we Abby and I decided let's do a month first month and then at the end of the oh, six mm -hmm. months so that's good yep so we gather some information and um, one of the questions we have in our first month survey is did you meet during you know your first month did you schedule the follow-up follow meeting and Another feedback that we have received from the mentors is that they wish they were paired with a mentee in OR during their orientation. So we try to work with the schedulers, letting them know who is the mentor, mm -hmm. who is the mentee. Oh, nice. Please assign them together during the mentee's orientation. And it's difficult because you know our mentors can be working in OB, they can be working uh, weird shifts, they could be uh, working part-time. We all understand if you've ever had to coordinate students and mentors, yeah. Right. It's, so it's, it's a moving target and trying to hit it is not easy. Right, so and then they, you know, they're already dealing with staffing and like trying to arrange the them being in OR. So, so that's one of the questions in our survey. Do you, did you get to work with your mentor at least, with your mentor at least once in OR? And we get a lot of information about that, so then we can kind of, when we see them, or, you know, we can text them and ask, you know, how's everything going? We don't necessarily send out surveys every month anymore, but we still kind of, when we see them, we ask them, how's everything? So you still, uh, you still have your finger in the pot, so to speak. You're still yeah. um, actively involved in gathering, yeah. watching your little chickens out there doing their thing. So you guys have put a lot of work into this. You've developed surveys. Mm -hmm. You've developed uh, this this pairing process. If somebody wants to get in touch with you, so you're willing to give your work out, I would assume. Yeah, we're, we're doing this altruistically too. So how would they get in touch with you if they're listening to this podcast and they want to get in touch with you guys to to not have to recreate this wheel? It sounds like a fantastic program. Mm -hmm. We've been in contact with five or so other nurse anesthesia um, departments across the nation already, which has been really cool and exciting to share. Um, so, yeah, we're willing to give. Have you got an email address email? or something? Can, can, <laughs> a website where you have the information? <laughs> or, so, so yeah. We had the, um, a Google Drive or <laughs> something? We have, uh, we put some information about our CRNA mentorship program on our department website. and. If one Google CRNA mentorship, our page shows up first, um, and our email information is on there. Okay. And um, so Google CRNA mentorship. Yeah, uh, we can also provide our emails and 
Um, you can put it in yes. podcast notes or something. Think yes. about a website. That's a great idea. Yeah. So, and we, because of that information that we post, posted on our department website, CRNAs have, like Abby said, reached out to us from across mm -hmm. the country. We had people, talk, uh, we had spoken to somebody uh, from Boston area, Kaiser, KU, um, just to name a few, and we told talk to them and kind of tell them, told them how we created our program, what we did. Isn't it amazing how a small idea, you know, just a little bit of change. Mm -hmm. You sit down with somebody else who has, it, it's, it's not a difficult concept. You guys really grew it and made it more scientific, but it's a, it's a very simple concept of creating a welcoming environment. How do we, how do, we do it a little bit better? Right. Um, and, you know, it was a little ripple that's really creating, I think, a big wave. Thank you. And then we also wanted to, for this program to be formal, not just mm -hmm. a formal program. So we created agreements for both mentors and mentees that outlines the program goals and objectives and roles and responsibilities for each party. That was very wise. And then we made everybody read it and sign it and did it so they feel, they know what their roles and responsibilities are and they know the expectations for the program. So it's not just, you know, oh, you're, you know. It formalizes it. Yeah. Yes. You're entering into a contract. Yes. And we are going to do this for you, but we need you to do this for us. Yeah. Yes. I like it. Yeah, I do too. I like it. So, well. I think that's a wrap. What do you think, Tracy? I think I could talk to these ladies forever, uh, but no, um, I'm really excited. It, you know, it's here's our future. See, wow. you don't have Look to be an old dog to create something new. Um, I think the best ideas do come from our new yeah. grads. Well, when you're talking about an old dog, you're just talking about you. Yeah. <laughs> Not me. But <laughs> That's right. I'd be talking about the older dog. <laughs> All right, now. Thank you guys so much for having us on your podcast. It was a true treat to me, both of you. Thank yes. you. Thank you for all that you're doing, and thank you for taking care of our future. Absolutely. So thanks for listening to Beyond the Mass with the absent Jeremy Stanley, myself, Sharon Pierce, and guest co-host Tracy Castleman. If you like our show and want to help us grow, Tracy, can you tell our listeners how to help us grow? The best way to help us is to like the show, share it on social media, tell your friends, and leave a review. But make it positive. As Jeremy says, we all know there's enough negativity in the world. Beyond the Mask is in the top 50 medical podcasts in the country, but number one in the CRNA community in our hearts. Oh, how sweet. Thank you to all of our listeners. Until the next time. Hey CRNAs, it's time to simplify your continuing education. Welcome to CRNAeducation.com, your trusted provider for CPC core modules and a plethora of Class A CE credits. You can explore 43 detailed articles covering various anesthesia topics, all from your favorite device, anytime, anywhere. And with over 40 pharmacology CE credits, meet your state board requirements effortlessly. Whether you need a few credits or everything to recertify, we have what you need. Just complete your credits online without any subscriptions or recurring charges. You can trust in our 100% CRNA-owned platform, established in 2011, ensuring you receive the best in customer service and educational content. Ready to learn? Go to crnaeducation.com making continuing education easy 
and accessible. And don't forget that support is always a quick email or a text or phone call away. To sign up and learn more, just go to crnaeducation.com. Today's show is brought to you by the folks at CRNA Financial Planning, an independent consulting firm that offers financial planning services exclusively to CRNAs and their families. From planning for a child's future college expenses to building a predictable income stream in retirement, the firm is committed to offering you comprehensive financial services customized to fit your unique needs and objectives. If you have questions about your financial future, get them answered. Call the team at 855-304-3748. That's 855-304-3748. Or go online to crnafinancialplanning.com. Hi, this is Jackie Rolls, President of the International Federation of Nurse Anesthetists and President and Founder of Our Hearts, Your Hands, a global anesthesia support community that takes donations to allow nurse anesthetists in low and middle income countries to go to educational programs, buy equipment or textbooks. Your donations are tax deductible and we would appreciate your support. Be sure to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and anywhere you like to listen to shows. Also, be sure to check out beyondthemaskpodcast.com. Each episode is posted there with a corresponding blog post, and we timestamp important parts of the episode to help you quickly get to the content you're looking for. Also, check out the special series section on the site. You can follow along and catch up on the CRNA History Series, episodes specifically about political conversations in the industry, or try the CRNA Personal Finance Series. It's all on beyondthemaskpodcast.com. And if you have a question for the show or want to be a guest or even suggest a particular topic, fill out the contact form on the site or send an email directly to us at info at beyondthemaskpodcast.com. And lastly, let's take the conversation social. Check out our Beyond the Mask podcast Facebook page and Facebook group.